you like Grant Fisher, I told him I'd give this shout out, but he just came out with a new podcast called The Half Step Pod. He's doing it with a former teammate of his, Connor Lane, and a really good listen behind the scenes action of what it's like to be a professional. the Half Step Pod. I'm your host, Connor Lane, and today we have a special treat for you all where I interview my Stanford teammate, Julia Haymack. And we'll get into the specifics when we actually get into the interview in a second, but while Julia has always been a very talented runner, she has really elevated her game this year, going from 417 to 404 in the 1500. She had a debut 5K where she ran 1540 in one pack 12s. She PR'd seven seconds more than that and ran 1533 at NCAs. She's had a few All-American finishes, uh, this spring and summer, and a huge sixth place finish at the U.S. Olympic Trials in the 1500. So Julie and I discuss all of that and more, beginning with what training was like for her from the beginning of the COVID pandemic onwards, and then what her XC and track seasons were like back here at Stanford once we all finally got back to campus in January. Lastly, apologize for any background noises you guys hear in the background around like the 30 minute mark. I live in a dorm and the water polo guys on my floor wanted to throw a party that night and I don't think they realized we were recording a podcast, but we pushed through it regardless. Thanks again to Julia for taking the time to record this with me. We, we really appreciate it. And Grant and I will be back later this week doing our normal weekly pod, so be on the lookout for that. Anyway, without any further delay, let's get to the actual interview. All right, and we are now joined by a special guest on the Half Step Pod. Uh, we've got Julia Haymack. Julia, thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. So, for those of you who somehow don't know, Julia's had a crazy outdoor season. You've gone from, I think, 417 in the 1500 to 404. Mm -hmm. You won the Pac-12 5K. You were 6th in the 5K at Nationals. Um, And then, most impressively, 6th at the Olympic Trials in the 1500 final. Mm -hmm. Only collegiate in the final. It's a top 5 collegiate mark in the 1500 all time. Uh, it's been an absolutely crazy few months for you, hasn't it? Yeah, no, it's definitely been super crazy, and I'm super grateful for all of it. But, um, yeah, I'm very happy that I get to be here on the Half Step Pod. Um, I love the podcast, <sighs> and I know it's only been, like, Olympians on here and people who are a lot more well-spoken than, than me, so... <laughs> no, it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. It's going to be great. I'm also not an Olympian, so we have that in common. That's It'll true. Be, yeah, exactly. That's it's true. so true. But, um, but yeah, so I can't wait to be famous, so thank you oh, so much. That is, that, is not, <laughs> that is not what this is either, but of course, we're really happy to have you on, both Grant and I. Okay, so we should probably start with what it was like coming back to campus after seven or eight months away mm-hmm. during the coronavirus pandemic. I mean, I guess, or maybe we should even start farther back from that and what you were doing during the break. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, where were you living and what was your training situation like? Yeah, so in March when we were all sent home, I went back to Houston and I was living with uh, nine other people in my house. It was Oof. like my whole family. And then Jordan Oaks came and lives with me. And that was really nice having someone to train with because uh, we ended up like, training as if we were still gonna have an outdoor season kind of like we were still doing a lot of workouts and like we we weren't just like immediately on a break um and that was back last like happened. april may then that yeah. was early on yeah yeah so we were definitely like training differently because we 
weren't going to have any races, but Coach Clark was definitely still, like, making sure that we were getting in really good shape, and then, like, he still, like, built our cycles somewhat um, similarly. Yeah, so that was really nice living with Jordan. It was really fun. It was definitely a lot to be with, like, that many people in the house, but it was a good time, and then, yeah, and then I had my, like, summer break, and then in the fall, I went to Utah with a lot of the team, and... It was great being able to train with a lot of girls again. A, a ton of the team ended up being in Utah, so that was um, so that was super cool. And and then we came back to campus like late January. Yeah, and then coming back to campus, I mean, I remember this as well. We got here and weren't sure if we were going to be able to race cross country at all. That was yeah. kind of a deal. <laughs> yeah, no, it was super crazy. Like literally a week and a half before we came back to campus, we had this Zoom meeting where Stanford was like... It was not good vibes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were like, we're Zoom not meeting. sure if you guys are going to be invited back. Or if At all, can, so like, even campus, yeah. Yeah, like even or to compete. be able to train on campus, let alone compete. Mm -hmm. And so we are just like, okay. It was a different time. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of crazy. Because everyone else at the time, like all the other colleges, essentially, were able to go back and train and have something so we were just kind of waiting for a while and seeing what was up and then it ended up being super awesome like we had almost a normal season like we had a decent number of meets that we were able to do before nationals for cross and I felt like we were super lucky to have that because we definitely needed every single race that we got just to remember like how to race for sure so yeah I was super grateful that we ended up being able to have a somewhat normal cross-country season given um circumstances and that the florida meet the very first one that we did we found out we were going to that like three days before or something yes. ridiculous yes so it what was, was like, that like traveling oh cross-country okay so that one we did we found out like three days before and i was so i'm i was in this computer science class that quarter that was pretty difficult for me and i remember like i had an assignment that was going to be due one of the days when we would have been in florida and in my mind i was just kind of like oh the florida meet is not happening so let me just like put off this assignment <laughs> and i ended up <laughs> like we found out that we were actually going to florida which i was happy about but then i was like wait i haven't done my assignment and a lot of times with CS, like, you don't know how long something's going to take because it takes a really long time just to, like, debug your code. So even if you, like, finish everything, like, you still have to figure out how to make it all work. Um, and so I, like, I had to, like, almost pull an all-nighter, like, before the race. <laughs> and then my code, like, still didn't work. I was such a mess at that meet. But it was really fun going to Florida. So cross country really starts kicking in the gear when y'all travel up to Washington for Pac-12s. That race was... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> remembering... It was yeah. a long time ago. I remember. No, it was. But that race was... You were fourth there, which was yes. maybe the first one where it was really like, okay, mm -hmm. Julia's going to be like right up there in the front this season. Yeah. Is that kind of how it felt for you? Yeah, that was how it felt. Because I think, yeah, I had two meets before that, and then Pac-12s happened, and... Um, I remember Coach Clark, he had said something before that meet that has um, stuck with me through the rest of, you know, like that cross country season, but then also this track season, which was that I have to keep striking distance in mind. Um, so essentially, I don't need to be near the front of the race or like near the front of like a certain pack to be able to finish with them. And I can, if I'm in shape to 
um, run a certain time or like finish a certain place in a race, I can definitely start way further back and like near the beginning of a race, I can be a lot farther back and I can start out a lot slower than other people, but then I can end up catching them in like negative split pretty hard um, to be in the spot that I want to finish in. And if I do that, then I end up not like running the risk of blowing up and it also is easier to run like your fastest race if you do negative split a little bit in a race. So I don't know, I I thought that that's been really good for me through the rest of the year to just keep in mind that if I'm in shape to run a certain time or to like finish with certain people, it's okay if I'm not like super close to them in the beginning of a race. And I really can like turn on the jets at the end and try to catch people later on and still do really well. And I think um, a lot of people in important races get a little bit worked up by like being so far back. But it's really not that hard in a long race to just pick it up a lot. Like it's kind of the place to be, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so... For he, you. <laughs> yeah, he made me a lot more comfortable with just like being in the back of a race. It's got to help like inspire confidence. Yeah. Especially once you do it once or twice. Right. Knowing like, hey, I can be you know, 50 meters behind the pack and cross country race where I need to, like yeah. where I'm going to end up and I know I can kind of move over that last K or two. Yeah, Especially exactly. once you do that and you know the training's there and your coach is telling you that, that's got to help kind yeah. of piece everything together. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, he like, he gave me like certain distances. He was like, okay, like 1K in, like you can be like this far back and you're still totally fine. Like you'll still be able to catch whoever your target is if you're like this far back. And like, obviously like I don't need to be told super specific distances for like what my like striking distance is but mm. I, but I remember for pack 12s that helped me when he like told me that um because I had never really thought about it like that before like okay like I can be this far back and I can still be targeting this person in the race so that was a really cool meet for me because throughout that race I was just kind of like targeting different people and just trying to move up through the latter half of the race and it was just super fun to run a race like that and just end up catching a ton of people and to finish really hard like it's always really nice to have forwards momentum and you always should have forwards momentum um yeah i mean it's also like i'm not afraid of having backwards momentum from like trying my hardest and like kind of finding my limits and like <laughs> okay, yeah. you know i'm not afraid of that but and Before i think that that's kind of like preferred. necessary at certain times but yeah it's it's fun when it comes together and you're able to like keep going harder and harder throughout a race definitely um and so that's how pac 12s kind of was for me like i ended up finishing fourth place but i had started out like way farther back i think i learned a lot from that and i took that into nationals and i think that that helped me a lot yeah, so talk about the national meet, because that was your best finish at the cross nationals. Yeah, I mean, by far. By far, yeah. Yeah, I think I had finished 60-something um, last cross nationals. And then, yeah, going into this nationals, I remember, like, <laughs> the course was just so hilly. Like, on the run-through, I was like, wow, <laughs> this is sad that we have to run this. <laughs> but then I, I was also like, okay, like, I do feel like I'm in very good shape. So I was just really excited to see what I was going to be able to do at nationals and we were also going in with a super strong team. Definitely a lot was up in the air because Zofia had like sort of had an injury and then but we we really didn't know like what her injury like what the extent of it was before nationals so I don't know we we definitely though 
knew that we had a shot at potentially winning if we ran smart. So it was really exciting going in and the course was really hilly. I remember doing the run through and being like, wow, this is like, I didn't know that in college they had courses like this. In high school, like I'm from Houston and so everything was really flat in high school as well. But I would hear people talking about like the high school courses that they had from, you know, different states and regions and like, yeah, so I knew like other people had hilly stuff for high school. But, but not in college. But not in college. Like, I hadn't heard of really crazy courses in college. Like, I thought Wisco was yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> particularly... Yeah, because yeah, it is. It's tough. But it it's, is. like, nothing like the, um, like that course. And, um, and, yeah, so then going into the race, I was like, these hills are definitely going to kill some people. And, like... But not me. <laughs> I was like, not me. <laughs> um, I figured that I would definitely run easy in the beginning and make sure I had a lot left at the end. And then also with the hills, I was like, okay, I think I'm just, just like, not going to try too hard on the hills. <laughs> like, I think maybe some people can catch me on all of the hills and, like, that will be fine because... <laughs> Because, like, the hills are really sneaky and hard, and I didn't want them to just, like, burn my legs. And, and so, just be dead at the end. Yeah, of exactly. Day. So, honestly, like, I think if someone could have seen, like, my whole race, I was probably one of the slowest people on the hills in general. <laughs> I didn't, I tried to take them pretty easy, but then I would go fast the rest of the time. And I just feel like that worked out really well for me. Like, I ended up placing 13th and I don't think that's really what I was in shape to do and I think like a lot of people were faster than me but it's just like on the day I tried to run the race in a way to where I saved a lot for the end and I just think that helped me out a lot and yeah I think I was not like completely dead at the finish like a lot of people were like you can catch a lot of people in the finish like mm -hmm. any nationals meet if you aren't dead yeah yeah and um yeah, so that, like, worked out pretty well for me. I probably was more dead than, like, I'm probably in my mind, like, <laughs> thinking that I was less dead than I actually was. Like, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm That's what sure we do at good races, though. It's always yeah. like, oh, that was, that was so smooth. <laughs> I just remember, like, Coach Clark, when I had, I think it was, like, 400 meters left, he was, like, he wasn't saying slow down, but he was saying something like, like save it for the finish. The 400 to go. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, 400 or 500 to go. And I don't know, I thought that was funny. I must have looked pretty bad at that <laughs> point and he was saying that. But yeah, so that was like a really good experience and I'm glad we were still able to pull out third mm -hmm. from cross. And then kind of you have all this great aerobic base, your 13th at cross nationals. Well, you know, in college, you primarily up to this point, maybe still been an 815 runner, like predominantly. Mm -hmm. So you come into outdoor with probably huge expectations, but disaster strikes or kind of strikes right like in the intermittent time <laughs> mm -hmm. like going into outdoor is that when you got diagnosed with mono yeah so it was i got diagnosed with mono after i had already done my first two outdoor meets oh yeah um but i definitely had it during my first two outdoor meets so we had stanford invitational and i ran a 1500 and i think i had a, a small pr by like point something like i ran a 417 and then I ran 209 in an 800 at Oregon Relays. But I felt really bad and I had been on all of my runs that weren't workouts that week. I had been running like, like it was really hard for me to run like nine minute pace. Oh my God. Like I was running like 10 minute pace or like 9.30. So I was like, I don't feel that good. Um, and yeah, and then I found out I had mono. No, I mean, it's, 
We've got teammates who've had mono before, for sure, and it takes them out of seasons sometimes. Sometimes people are unaffected. It's a really variable kind mm. of condition to have. But did you get put on like antibiotics for it or like medicine, or did you do anything for it or just um, get diagnosed? Well, so I was on antibiotics because I thought I had strep for a while. Um, but you, you don't take that for mono. Like for mono, it's just you kind of like let it run its course. And I had heard some like horror stories about mono like the worst case where it's like it takes a really long time for you to feel better but then i also knew that people don't talk as much about when it's not that bad and a lot of the time it's manageable yeah. enough yeah right and a lot of the time like it isn't that bad and like you recover quickly or like some people just are just don't have that many symptoms and don't even get diagnosed with mono and so you know i had enough symptoms to like go get tested for it and get diagnosed but then I also am generally a pretty optimistic person. So I was just kind of like, okay, like, you know, I got mono, but it's like the beginning of my season. I mean, beginning, middle. And so I still have enough time to come back for the end of the season. And so really, like, I'm lucky in that way that I didn't get it later on. So that was my mindset. I was just kind of like, I'll try to do things right to where I can get more in shape and hopefully recover. But it may happen, it may not happen. So for those like four weeks where you're not racing, what's your training looking like? Um, so While you're coming back from it. Yeah, so I had a couple weeks where I was able to do like most of the workouts that everyone else was doing. But I would say I probably had like a full three weeks where I could only do like one workout a week. Yeah, I, they had to be adjusted because I couldn't, I couldn't do everything. And I would get kind of wiped out after doing the workouts sometimes. It varied though week to week. Like I had a couple weeks where I felt much better. And then, and yeah, I think Coach Clark has dealt with, um, he's just dealt with so many people and he's been a coach for so long. And like he, he knows how to handle a lot of di different situations. And so he was really smart about like not putting me into a hole and training me too hard um just like with the fear of like me getting out of shape or anything like that he was very smart about kind of holding me back because I was a little more wanting to work out hard make sure I'm in like as good shape as I can be for once um the mono left my system but then he was more so like look like you could do damage by um working out too hard and like you could um prolong the sickness so for sure just like make sure you take things easy enough. So yeah, I still got in some good workouts though. Yeah, were you were you back to feeling 100% by Pac 12s or not quite or like um, were you there? Yeah, not quite. I think I at that point I still had mono because I remember like the week after, I still had a couple days where I slept like over 15 hours and that's kind of normal for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not that abnormal for me actually. And then and then I also had like swollen what are they called lymph nodes, lymph nodes? Yeah, yeah i also had that like the week after so i was not like 100 percent, but i was feeling a lot better the week before pack 12s and so i was really excited going into pack 12s because i was like okay like i do feel a lot better and and you come into pack 12s like realistically not really qualified for the regional meet yet or just i mean does i like would you have really had a season after that meet mm. if if it hadn't gone the way so, it did i mean i think when they expanded the field from 32 to 40, 48 yeah i think when they expanded the field i did know that my 417 would get in oh, yes. and it was maybe bubble before that but i think it still would have gotten in 
Um, but you're like you're like barely into regionals basically before. I mean, yeah. I, I, I guess I guess the four seventeen did end up getting in. Right. But you didn't really know what your future was gonna. It, yeah. Come in patch twelve at two track races on your season, mm-hmm. and then have just this incredible double. In yeah. Eight hundred and the five k. Yeah, it, it was a really special meet. Like honestly, that will probably remain one of my favorite meets like for the rest of my life. It was so fun. Um, Cause I went in and yeah, I didn't know, like I knew that, um, I was feeling a lot better from the mono, but then I didn't know how it was going to be in an actual race where I'm just pushing my body like to the maximum. I didn't know if I was still going to be able to race super well. And then I went in and I did the 800 and I was able to PR by like two seconds. And so I was just super, I was so happy about that after the 800. The final? Um, or the prelim? The the final. But actually, I think in the prelim, I also PR'd. But, yeah, the um, final was just, like, Sage went out, and mm-hmm. then you were kind of, like, leading that. Like, wait, did you go with her, or were you on that chase group? Um, Chase group. Yeah, and yeah, then you, you kind of... way ahead. <laughs> she was way ahead, but you kind of closed it back, you know, yeah, towards the end. Bit. And, yeah, I don't know, just a big PR there, mm-hmm. which was, like, second in the Pac-12, and then you come back, like, an hour or so later... Mm-hmm. In this 5K, you'd, you'd never run a track 5K before? Or you'd hardly run a track 5K before? Um, I had never done a track 5K before. And I also, I hadn't even, like, it's never really occurred to me to run a 5K on the track because I am, like, an 800, 1500 person. And, and I remember, like, I had told Charles Hicks, like, after cross-country nationals. Like, I remember telling him, like, oh, yeah, I'll never, I'll never do, like, a track 5K, like... Because I just love the 800 and the 15 so much. And mm. so, you know, like, racing something else, like, it, it just takes away from doing your other races. There's only so many, like, opportunities to race in a year. And then, but I had told Coach Clark before Pac-12s, like, hey, I want to try the 5K. Because I was still in that mindset of, like, I'm not in very good shape yet. And I want to get in um, more workouts and, like... I just want to get more in shape um, Mm -hmm. because I feel like I missed stuff from Mono. And I was surprised that he let me, um, like, be in the 5K. So that was almost kind of like a workout for you. Or you're almost going into that, like, this will be really good work for the rest of the season. Right. Like, I went into that, like, knowing, like, yeah, I will be trying my hardest in it by the end. But, like, yes, it'll be good work for the rest of the season. It'll get me in better shape. Walk me through that race a little bit because there's a ton of people on the track. It's... A little bit hectic, but you're you're just kind of sitting back, like mm. kind of following the leader for a long time, and then stuff starts to open up. But just just walk me through right. kind of that race. Walk everyone through that race. Yeah, it was so weird. So <laughs> well, that's just what a five k <laughs> might be like too. Yeah. Yeah. So so that race, it had forty people in it. Well, some people scratched maybe, so maybe it was like thirty five people. A ridiculous number of people. It was definitely not less than thirty five people. I think. <laughs> It was a lot of people, and so they put us on this, like, uh, like weird waterfall thing, and, like, they literally had to have multiple rows of people on the waterfall thing. It's, like, not, like an, it's not like an 800, where <laughs> yeah. there's, like, eight people on the track, yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah, and so I was, like, in the second row behind, <laughs> behind people. You didn't and... start in the start line. <laughs> no, I didn't start on the start line. <laughs> I guess you had no, you had no seed time. So. <laughs> yeah, I had no seed time, so I didn't have the right, but, but it was good. Like, I started out, and I was, like, in 30-something place, and, and Coach Clark had just told me ahead of time, like, yeah, run something like a, you know, like, five fifteen mile pace in the beginning, and then, like, if you're really tired, like, 
yeah, just, you know, try to finish, but, you know, try to stay within contact of the top eight so you can try to get points, and, yeah, if you're feeling really good, then you can go faster, basically, like, when I started out, like, I was going, you know, I stayed, like, in the back, and then ended up going through the mile, I think, like, in 513. Like, I think everyone was mostly in contact, but, yeah, it was kind of weird. I thought, like, while we were running, I was like, oh, this is a sit-and-kick race, maybe, but I was still far enough from first during the first mile to where, I, like, I wasn't thinking anything about, like, winning the race, but, but yeah, and I just, what, I just decided to, like, pick off a few people at a time, and I was feeling good throughout it, so I just, like, kept doing that, and then I think coming up on, like, three laps left, I was like, oh, I'm actually, like, near the front of the race, like, I'm near, like, the top ten people. And with so, three to go. Yeah, with, like, three to go. I'm like, wow, I'm kind of, like, top ten now, <laughs> and I still feel really good, like, it felt really nice. <laughs> that race felt so good, like, the whole time, but at that point, I was also very confused. I was like, I don't know how many laps I've left. I remember, like, looking at Coach Clark when I was passing him at one point, and I was, and I, like, held up a two. I was like, do I have two laps left? Like, I, I didn't know. I also didn't know where the race was finishing because they, they started, started you in the wrong spot. At yeah, USC, yeah. Because there were so many people in the race and they needed the waterfall thing, they started us like, yeah. On you, the they started side. you on the, where you normally would finish, like on the front. Right. Yeah, and you finished on the back straight. Right. And obviously, it sounds dumb to be like, I don't know where 5K is finishing because you can easily do the math. But for me, it's so ingrained that the finish line is the finish line, <laughs> so... No, yeah. I mean, the same thing at Penn Relays in the 3K in high school. They, like, start you at the at the finish line, you finish on the back straight, and, like, I had the same experience. I feel like you don't... It didn't, when you change the variable like that, right. especially if you it's had to run a 5K, weird. yeah. And I wasn't even thinking, like, going into the race, I wasn't... There was no pressure at all. I was like, I'm just going to go run this with people. <laughs> it's like in cross-country where you're like, you don't really need to know what the course is because somebody else is going to be in front of you. <laughs> like... <laughs> like the golf cart you could certainly <laughs> run a race that way yeah no i mean that makes so sense so that's how i was running the 5k i was like yeah so you i remember watching the race the five and mm -hmm. you just like i mean truly because you kind of go with two to what ends up being like 600 or 800 to go ish i right. feel like is when you so you you when you get up so, on the leaders and you go i thought you might not know how many laps you had left I, we were I, all kind of like confused yeah, I really so didn't we'll walk through walk through that you get up so with the leaders at like what point Okay, yes. So I was like, so we were like uh, maybe two and a half laps left. Then I see that um, there is a little separation that's growing between the very front, like first three and the next few people. And I was like, oh, I still feel good. So let me like move up to be with actually like the top two people at that point. So coming up on just two laps left, I think. So I did that. And and then I still did not know how many laps were left in the race. And so then when the bell lap happened, I was like, Ah, uh, okay, so this is where the the race is finishing, right here, and I know I only That have was when you really left. bolted. Yeah, it was funny how you waited. We were like, oh, she's going kind of 400 to go, okay. And it was because you, okay, so it's we all know now, it's because that was when you learned you had 400 to go. Yes, yes, that is when I learned I had 400 to go. And then, in my mind, I was kind of like, oh, like, I think this is a sit and kick race. And so, I kind of thought that, like, people were going with me for the whole last 400, and then when I watched the race later, I was, like, kind of shocked that I had, like, gapped people. You gapped them right away, yeah. Amount. Yeah, I didn't, that's not how it was in my head. But, um, but yeah, so I just tried to, like, finish hard. And then at the finish line, I still was kind of looking around because I was waiting for an official to be like, oh, you have 200 meters left maybe. Or, like, 
I don't know. I had never, I had never won a race before in college. Like, <laughs> like I had never won a prelim, like a heat of anything, and so yeah, it was, it was very low key celebration. I think we all, because <laughs> we also this was the first five k, so we weren't sure if you'd finish in the right spot either. <laughs> we were all kind of <laughs> waiting, but yeah, I mean, it was a, you ran fifteen forty, which was a PR, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was my uh, first one. I guess it was your first one, but even probably even like cross five Ks that you, mm, yeah. yeah, which was a huge step. And yeah, I mean, you you won Pac twelves, which like you said, it was your first kind of win in college, yeah. which is hard to believe. Yeah, it was super weird. And then they were saying like the announcer like was saying something about like a like a meet record or something. And was, I was it? Just I don't so even... confused. Yeah, it was. Um, so the, the fastest five K ever run at Pac twelves. Yeah, apparently. It was so weird. It was just such a surreal thing. And then it was just so much fun coming back to the team tent after that race. And everyone was so happy for me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> weird weird being adjectives. <laughs> no, but it's, I mean, it's, it was a phenomenal race. And you took that momentum into the regional meet where you won both of your prelims. Mm-hmm. You get to go to nationals. I mean, you mm-hmm. had the first round of the 15. And then, you know... You you do a massive PR in the second round in the fifteen hundred mm-hmm. at the regional meet. You go from four seventeen, I guess four sixteen in the first round to four oh nine in the second round. So yeah. what like what's behind that jump? Like what what's yeah. in the race there that kind of leads to? I mean, are you just in a fast enough race and you've been fit for this long time and you're ready to kind of pop off? Or yeah, so I mean, I was really excited after the five k and the eight hundred at Pac twelves because I was like, okay, like I I did know that I was in the best shape of my life like coming into this meet but I just didn't know if the mono was gonna like hold me back from actually racing well or not then after pack 12s I was like okay like I'm ready to race fast and last year I had run a 4.33 in the mile in indoors before COVID had canceled everything um so I think that's probably you know something like a 4.14 in the 1500 yeah probably and I was, and I did feel like I was in much better shape this year. So coming into the 1500 at regionals, I was talking to Coach Clark and I was like, look, I just, like, I really want to be able to run at the Olympic trials. Um, the auto qualifier time for that was like 4.06. I thought it was 4.06.5 at the time, but I think it was actually 4.06.0. And I knew they also like filled the field, so you probably didn't have to run that time. But I didn't know how many people, like, I didn't know how much slower it was going to get after 4.06. So I was talking to Coach Clark before regionals, and I was like, look, like, I don't know what will happen at nationals, and I don't want to have to depend on, um, like, if I do qualify for nationals, like, I don't want to have to think about running fast and then also racing. Um, So should I just try to run fast now? And he kind of convinced me, you know, to just, like, focus on racing because, I like, the goal is to qualify for nationals. And I don't want to, like, try to blow up or anything at regionals. But he also was very supportive in that, like, he knew that I could run pretty fast, too. And even though, like, my PR had been 4.17 going into that meet, um, he, like, he was like, look, like, if you're feeling really good, like, you can still, you know, try to lead it and go fast. And so, yeah, I had, you know, prelims at regionals. I did the 4.16. It felt really good. Um, and then at regionals in the second round, um, I just, I led it and I wasn't trying to pace it necessarily to a spot where I could run sub 410, but I still wanted it to go fast. Um, and so, yeah, I just 
um, basically let it so that I knew it would be fast, but that I would have a lot left to kick at the end um, and still be safe in that way. And so that ended up being a 409 and I was like super happy with that. It was also just a really cool experience because I haven't had races or track meets where my high school coaches have been able to come come to like ever since high school and since regionals was in Texas like I got to be at that meet with like a lot of my friends from Texas and with my high school coaches and so it was just so much fun to like have to have that meet there and um and yeah I like after doing that I was like okay I'm like super excited for the rest of the season to see what I can end up doing and you, you doubled back into five as well. Yeah. And yeah. Then I doubled back into five. That five was not so fun. Like, Pac-12's five, that was so fun because it was not hard <laughs> until the end. <laughs> this know? one this one you ran 15 seconds slower, but was way harder. Oh, my God. It was yeah, also it was hot. Way... It was also hot. Like, it was also really hot. But that's just, it, it also was shows way how, harder. It also shows how running works sometimes. Yes, exactly. And then I was like, oh, my God, wow. Like, Honestly, that race made me so much more impressed with myself. I was like, wow, I'm so <laughs> proud of myself for Pac-12s because that, like, 15.55 or whatever I did at yeah. regionals was really hard. So I was like, wow. But you did also, you know, so you qualify for nationals winning both of those prelims. You're coming in there. Mm -hmm. That national meet was definitely some ups and downs, I feel like it's yeah. fair to say. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, mean, I should probably intro it a little bit that you know, the first event is like the prelim of the 1500 and you were, it was kind of a, like just a turbulent heat mm -hmm. overall. It was like a lot of contact, people going back and forth, up and mm -hmm. down through the field and like, really close to the finish line, last like 30, 20 meters, you, you fell and mm -hmm. like didn't cross the line. You were in a position, I mean, I, I know this is, there are a lot of great things that happened this track season, but this was definitely yeah. the most adversity you'd experienced and for that to happen like 10 meters short of the line when you were in qualifying position. Yeah. Um, First of all, talk me through that prelim because you, you also had like heavy contact with like 200 to go or 150 right, to go. 150 to go and yeah. we were all kind of wondering if that mm -hmm. just shook you up. And then the actual fall mm -hmm. and like what the mindset was after. Right. So just walk me through kind of that whole Yeah. Thing. So yeah, I think going into that race, I was just like, okay, like I'll, you know, try to have good positioning in the race. And then I'm not going to necessarily try to make it fast or slow. Like this is one of those races where I'll just, you know, be with I'll be with the pack and then you know I'll try to kick um towards the end but yeah it was a little bit it was a little bit turbulent throughout the race I don't remember it super well I think maybe I could have done a bit of a better job like staying out of the mess like for the last 400 but I also don't really have that many regrets about how I ran it because I did have decent positioning. With 150 to go, there was some contact, and I don't really remember it, but I remember I felt like I was falling for a decent amount. So, I, like, I was able to keep myself up, but I felt like I was just, like, about to fall for, it looked, like, it looked four close. seconds or something. Yeah. Like, it just felt like a long time where I was almost falling, and then I didn't fall. And then, so, yeah, that was 150 to go. And then... I was like, wow, like, I didn't fall, like, I'm still up and I'm running. And then I was like, okay, like, I feel like I've heard people say you get a burst of adrenaline when you almost fall, and, like, you, you're, like, faster after that. <laughs> and so I was just kind of like, okay, like, I'm, I'm good, like, I can... I Did can you just, have that? I can just go fast now. <laughs> See, I thought I had that, and I, <laughs> I was running Did down, you have the thought that the you were gonna stretch. get the adrenaline? Yes, while I was in the race, I was like, wow, this is like, I hit a mushroom in Mario Kart, and I can, like, I can just go fast now. <laughs> That's crazy to, like, 
be like almost meta within the race like not even like just it wasn't like you just got the adrenaline it was thinking like this happened right. and now I'm going to get the adrenaline. And I was also like, wow, I'm a champion for staying up. And like, not like I already felt like I had achieved something I just like not falling. We can do a whole <laughs> podcast on your internal self-talk. Like being proud of yourself and like, wow, I stayed up. Yes. I'm, I'm doing so great in this position. Yes. But I guess I stay proud of myself. <laughs> so so what happens in this, in this last 100? Okay, so Where's then, the speed boost? So the last 100. So I'm running and I'm like, wow, I feel really good. Like I think I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think I'm about to win this heat. <laughs> you did come up on the outside. I think everyone, we were kind of like, she's, she might be about to win this heat. <laughs> yeah, so I felt good. I was like, I had some forward momentum. Then, okay, we're coming up on like 15 meters left. Then my forward momentum kind of stops, but I'm not going backwards. I'm staying like in the top four. Yeah. Um. So I'm still safe. But then the weirdest thing happened. I tied up like I have never tied up before in my life. Like my legs felt so strange and it was just so all of a sudden. And and then I don't know. Okay, I'm going to say that I just like completely tripped myself because I think that that's what happened because of like the super weird way in which I tied up. Um, and then, yeah, after the race, Coach Clark, it was really funny. He was like, yeah, like this is hard. <laughs> He's like, this is kind of hard to say, but like... <laughs> Um, but, like, yeah, you shouldn't have, like, gone so hard. Like, you should have saved it a little bit and, like, not gone so hard, like, after you tripped. And I was like, yeah, you're totally right. Because that is a major thing that Coach Clark has always, um, emphasized is that, like, we really need to be able to finish well. And, like, he teaches us how to run the last 150 of a race. And, um, you know, it's not like you just, you get to the last, the, to the home stretch in a race and you just sprint. Like, there's so much more than that. You want to, like, level Yeah, into there's it, levels to sure. it. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, he's... Literally, kind of, like, yeah. like, each... I remember with Milt, he would have us do, like, 120s, and each 40 would be faster. And I feel like it's the same right. thing with Coach Clark. We're like, mm-hmm. you want to be finishing faster each, right. like, little segment of it. Yeah, and and so that's the thing. Like, I should have been smart enough in that race to make myself qualify, like, regardless of the tripping at the 150. And that's just, like, that's how the sport is. Like, you either qualify for the next round or you don't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's going to be something that happens in the race that's, like, not perfect for you. There's going to be, like, some, there's going to be some mess. There's going to be some tripping. But, you like, you're responsible for yourself and, like, making sure that you end up qualifying. And so if I had played it a little bit smarter, I, you know, I could have qualified. But instead, I you know, I, <laughs> I didn't. And I feel totally fine about that. I don't really have regrets about the race because I think I ran it in a smart way until the last 150. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it works. So Yeah, it's just, I mean, that was definitely how it went. You know, like sometimes stuff happens. Mm-hmm. But so the 5K is definitely a bit of redemption though. It was another one of those races for you where you're starting off really towards the back, right? Mm-hmm. And then working your way up. Yeah, so I started out near the back and um, I wanted to give myself a chance to potentially win and like be near the front by the end of the race and so I feel like I did a good job of that like I I started out near the back but then by the bell lap I was like up with the top three um and I felt really good and in my head again I was kind of just like oh I'm gonna win I think (laughs) and then um with 200 to go I was not going to win I was (laughs) I was very very tired (laughs) But I ended up getting sixth, and I PR'd by seven seconds, and I was proud of myself. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I didn't have the fitness um, to keep up with all the girls in the front. 
like at the end of the day. So um, I think I could have paced it a little better, but I was not going to win that day. So well, 1533 um, is a PR. And then also the way you ran it. Yeah. I mean, like you said, you're in a spot where you can win it with, you know, 250, 300 meters to go. Mm. And there are girls who passed you in that race who didn't have a chance to win at that point. So right. for you, right. it's probably worth that trade. Exactly. Exactly. Like I gave myself the shot to win and that is all that I can really have asked. So I'm, I'm very happy with it. Um, like I tried my hardest. I was very tired and sick at the end. Like I felt bad for Erin, the trainer, because she's like babysitting me after the race. Oh, were you like sick, sick <laughs> after the race? Yeah, I was sick. Mm. <laughs> I'm being dramatic, but, <laughs> but yeah, so, um, I definitely gave myself a shot to uh, to win if I had it in me, and I definitely did not have it in me. So I was, I was happy with my first outdoor NCAA meet overall. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, pretty quickly after that, you, you find out you do get into trials off of yes. the 409. So what were you? Were you, like, the last one in or one oh of them? Oh, my gosh. Okay, yes. So I was the second to last one in, but... I didn't realize that I was actually going to make it off of my 409 until, like, the night of NCAAs, and um, since I didn't know if I was going to make it or not, and, like, I knew it was going to be pretty borderline, I had planned a trip to San Diego for the <laughs> for the day after the NCAA 5K so that I could try to get a 202.5 because I was the auto qualifier um, for the 800, and... I wanted to do a 1500, but Coach Clark told me an 800 was more realistic. Well, it's tough in races like that with, it wasn't like super deep, that meet. Mm -hmm. And when you add laps, it's always going to be harder to pace that time. Right. And yeah, so he told me that and I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'll try it for the 800. Also, I do love the 800. The 800 has a special place in my heart, (laughs) much more so than the 5K. But, (laughs) But yeah, so I went to San Diego. I did an 800. It was... They, like, they put on such a good meet, um, and it was, like, that whole meet was just built around, like, giving people a chance to get the qualifiers on the, like, very last day that you could update your times, and so, yeah, that, that, that meet was great, and they even had a pacer for going through the 400. I ended up running a 203, so I was really happy with it, but it did not qualify for the 800, and then I think, like, the day after, or maybe two days after, I found out that the 409 that I had run at regionals in Texas did actually qualify for the 1500. And so I was 29th out of 30 people who got to run there and, and Ella also qualified. So that was super exciting that we both were going to be able to go to trials together and yeah, race together. No, that is awesome. And so what's, what's that just before we get into the actual meets, like what's it like the experience of, you know, now you're racing at trials, which is the biggest Mm -hmm. stage in domestic track and field. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was just, like, so cool. I was just super excited that I'd be able to race against pros. Like, I've never really had any races in my life, like, against pros or, like, you know, I think maybe I had, like, one indoor meet one time where, like, there was maybe, like, two pros who were running with us, but it was mainly just, like, um, collegiate athletes. See, that's another reason to do more 5Ks, because that's, like, heats of 20 people and you get thrown in there. <laughs> True, but <laughs> not convincing enough. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and, like, you know, Olympic trials, like, it just sounds like a really special thing, too, that a lot of it is, it is a really special thing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> can relate to. So for the clout boost. Yeah, so for the clout, it's nice, and then, like, yeah, it's just, like, such a good chance to actually get to, like, 
run fast and race people. Um, and I was lucky to be able to have a lot of family members who could come to the meet too. So it was just really exciting qualifying for it and like being able to extend my season because I, I did know that I had a lot left, um, that I hadn't really gotten to, um, like try to show yet. Um, and with the mono and everything, like I knew I wasn't actually peaked. So yeah, I was glad <laughs> that I got to keep racing. So first round, they only eliminate like four like or four five people. people from the field. So mm-hmm. how was that relatively stress-free? Or um, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of anxiety going through rounds and no. down, but there's only so few people being eliminated. You probably felt. I had like no anxiety at all <laughs> during, during the whole trials. trials. Yeah, because I was. I mean, I really was just genuinely happy to be there, and I also was going in, you know, as a college athlete with absolutely no pressure because nobody expects anything. And then on top of that, I felt like I was, you know, in the best shape of my life and I haven't run what I have the potential to run yet. So it's like, it was just a mixture of like excitement, no pressure. It's so perfect. Yes. Like I was in the best possible position. Um, Because Grant has come on, Grant came on here after, you know, talking about the 5k rounds even mm -hmm. and how stressful it was for him Mm -hmm. coming into a meet where, you know, he knows he's supposed to be one of the guys. Right. And, but that, that's a whole different kind of right. thing. He's a professional now, and mm-hmm. this is what you base your entire, you know, year around as a pro athlete, right. specifically making it through and then qualifying for the team. So it's interesting to hear that because I feel like more collegiates are probably running with less stress. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, you know, like, oh, I can go back to college next year. I'm still, you know, I haven't signed yet. I haven't I haven't done these, these big right. things that I will eventually do and have mm-hmm. more shots at it. So... It yeah, seems like you were really benefiting so true. from, that, from yeah. that nature. Right. Like I had a fifth year too. So it wasn't even like, oh, this is the last thing I do before I like try to sign with a shoe company or anything like that. It was like literally just like this extra opportunity, like this bonus thing that I got to have that I qualified for by like a couple tenths of a second. <laughs> and, you know, it could potentially give me an extra three races on my season in my favorite events. <laughs> like it was just such a fun, it was just a fun special thing. So walk me through the semi, because this is the semifinal is the thing where you really separate. It goes from like this is a really cool experience to like, and maybe it still is just that right. for you, but for everyone else like watching you, yeah, like, everyone on the team, it goes from oh it's so cool <laughs> she qualified trials for like she's the only she's the only collegiate who made the final. Yeah, this is this is a huge deal. So mm-hmm. walk through and what did you run four oh seven? No four uh, no, was it four oh nine. Yeah four oh nine again. Four oh nine six yeah. Um, so for the semis, so the night before I was talking to a friend, we were going through the heat sheets and we were like, who can I possibly, who can I possibly beat? To not come in last. To not come in last. (laughs) Not to not come in last, but to like potentially make the finals. Okay. Okay. Who can I like possibly, (laughs) possibly beat? And, um, and so I, so I looked at the heat sheets and I was like, okay, like, it is possible for me to make the final if I am the time qualifier, if I'm the last time qualifier. You knew that going in. And if my heat, like, you know, like, if my heat is fast enough, if it has both time qualifiers, I can be the seventh person and go to the finals. Can we just, can I just say that based on (laughs) what you do in the finals, that is crazy too, right? Right. If you're sitting there like, I cannot beat (laughs) six people in this heat. But but it is crazy because that's basically that's basically what happens. Right. It, yeah. No. It is kind of like what you what you make of it or what you believe and like so and so that's what I like made happen. I was this I was the last time qualifier in my heat and the in my heat had you know 
both time qualifiers. So you were aiming for, I mean, you're always aiming to finish as high as you can, right? But like, realistically, right. you were but basing your race around being seventh. I was basing the race around being seventh, and I don't, like, even though I was in better shape than my PR had suggested, I still feel like that was a smart thing for me to do. Um, and, like, I would have kind of done the same thing going back in time, like, even knowing, like, what I did in the finals. Because, like, that, like, the semis was just about advancing to the finals, and that, just thinking of it as, like, okay, like, I can get seventh place and be the time qualifier, like, that was the way that, um, ensured that I had, like, the least risk of not qualifying. Because a lot of, a lot of people can kick really hard, especially if, like, they're, you know, like, if they're, if they're not that tired and they can run a lot faster, then, like, they can kick pretty hard, so. But, yeah, I felt like aiming for seventh was the smartest thing to do. Um, even, like, even though I knew I probably could run, like, quite a bit faster than 409, because a lot of the pros, you know, they're used to, like, kicking really hard um, off of races that aren't that fast, and, like, I don't know. It was just the, the best thing for me to do was to, like, try to make sure my heat had time qualifiers and if it did have the time qualifiers I knew that I had a very good shot of like being able to kick hard enough to be like in the top seven well and I I mean I don't know if you've put it together but that that's like such a like, narrative arc from even just two weeks previously at NCAs where mm-hmm. your strategy in the prelim you maybe weren't being conservative enough to just shoot for making the next round Mm. right like like and just like picking your place like you kind of you burst through with one thing mm. to go right and you end up suffering for it just just like right away you almost get this like redemption chance to mm. kind of be more strategic and not potentially like not risk blowing up as much right yeah and um and that's kind of how it was for like the for the first round of trials i knew that i i could definitely make the next round um just based off of like how fast i can do a 1500 because um even though i had the second slowest PR in in the whole meet like a lot of the people hadn't really run their PR so recently and I also knew I could go a little faster so yeah like in the first round I um like I led the race for most of it um mm-hmm. but then yeah in the in the semis um yeah I knew I wanted it to be fast luckily it just ended up being that way <laughs> yeah um and it it worked out really well like I ended up qualifying for for the finals and I was super happy with it like after the race um it was super fun seeing my family like they were all so hyped for me they got to like delay their like plane tickets like <laughs> another day um, they, they had no faith I know but my friend's mom she had already bought tickets for trials for like the next day oh, like, okay so, so she, 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 she had faith. faith she had faith for me but, <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, so that was really cool, and then I was like walking around, and I was like, I'm going to Tokyo. <laughs> like, oh, oh, so you immediately... <laughs> <laughs> I immediately was like celebrating, I was like, wow. Amazing. Like you're making the team, <laughs> not just this final, we're just going to go top three. Yeah, I was like top three. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I feel like you can't line up at a trials final and not think about it. Yeah, no, yeah. Like I went from, <laughs> I went from just being like super happy to be at the meet, to like, you know, updating my like hopes for me to like you know potentially if something happens yeah and if you I, run really if, if you because what's the time is it 404 it's 404 yeah so i mean yeah yeah we ended I, up being pretty close yeah we ended up being pretty close and um and yeah it was it was really cool just like after semis talking to coach clark like we always uh we'll like go over the race videos and like he'll tell me like 
what I did bad and like what I can do better and like what I did well like all that sort of thing and then like he'll talk about like the upcoming race and yeah so after semis he was like you know stranger things have happened and I was like yeah you know <laughs> I got a shot I think I'm more like in the tank so even if it's like I have like a one percent shot that's still something it's still something to race <laughs> still for. something <laughs> I am interested in what you're saying about having this like this idea of okay well now there might be a one percent chance of making it in the final does that when you start transitioning to, ooh, maybe I can actually qualify for, for the games, like I'm in this Olympic trials final, does that shift that perspective you've had of kind of this happy-go-lucky, like, I'm happy to be here? It, it Clearly, it shifted to a more, maybe a more serious thing, but will that affect your running in any way? Like, were you worried about that, like, taking it so seriously going into this final, kind of? Does that make yeah. any sense? Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I was, like, even more, like, happy-go-lucky kind of going into the final. Um, I was just... Like, like, I was, like, very happy to be there because I didn't know if I was going to be able to qualify f for the final, and I knew things were going to have to go very well for me to even get to the final. And so I was still, like, running that way, and I was even more so that way than I was in the semis where I was like, okay, like, I should be able to get to the final if I run really smart. So, um, so I was still, like, I would say, like, very, like, happy and, like, no pressure. But then, yeah, like, in the back of my mind, I was also, like, really excited because I knew there was a chance that, you know, maybe I could go a decent amount faster than 409, which was my PR at the time. And like, if things went really perfectly for me, like maybe I could make it in the top three. And so like, it was still very like no pressure and it was like the perfect situation for me. But yeah, I, I still like, was like, okay, like I'm going to try to run my smartest race and like I'm going to try to give myself the chance to like make the team if that's possible for where I am like fitness wise. So the perspective already kind of shifted between the semi and the final as opposed to like I can probably be seventh if I run this perfectly Yeah. to okay maybe I can be top three. Where does that come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it sounds like a little crazy but I think like I think at that point I let myself think about how like I was able to run 409s off of like races that weren't really exactly paced for me to run a 409 or like at regionals I was able to run that when I was leading the race and so so after the semis I was like okay like maybe I can run a decent amount faster than that and like I don't know that's just kind of like the mindset you have to have though for sure well, just I'm... going into the next yeah thing like this feels like almost like a super good <laughs> example of like you know, you set your goals to certain levels right. and, and you run to the levels of your goals. Like exactly. when your goal is yeah. to make the final, it's like, okay, sixth or seventh would be sick. Exactly. And then it's like, well, top three and then coming in, coming in six and running 404, which you, spoiler alert, do. It is yeah. a massive PB from 409. It, it almost feels like, yeah, I was, I was trying to be mm. top three in the race. So it's interesting. Like what if we ran yeah. all the races thinking like, let's try to win. Right. <laughs> not just you, just, <laughs> no, not just you, just like anyone, you know, yeah. like it's definitely a testament to that. Yeah. No, yeah, it definitely is. And, like, I mean, I just have to say, like, Coach Clark is just, he's, like, incredible, like, especially, like, in that respect. Um, because, like, he like he made me go into the final thinking, like, yeah, like, maybe this is possible for me. And that's so wild that, like, you can, I don't know, like, you can be, like, where I was, like, at the beginning of the season. And then, you know, at the end of the season, like, your coach is telling you, like, hey, like, <laughs> maybe awesome. you can make an Olympic team, like... You know, if you run your smartest and if your fitness is like, yeah. you know, you know, like a decent amount It's a amount long better, shot, but it's know, not, yeah, as exactly. a, it's not impossible. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's not impossible. And yeah. So, um, I mean, like he really did make me feel like 
I can run a really smart race and regardless, like it's such a special opportunity to just like be in the Olympic trials with so many like really fast pros. Mm-hmm. And if it didn't like, I don't know, like I could have a bad race and there's really like no consequences. <laughs> there's nothing it bad that's going to happen bit. to me. Yeah. yeah. So I was just really excited going in there and I knew it would also be a good chance for PR because my guess was that Ellie was probably going to make it a very fast race. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did end up being a really fast race. And so it was set up pretty perfectly for me to end up running that 404. Yeah. Well, let's go through the specifics of it a little bit. Was your pre-race strategy, what kind of ended up happening? I feel like, so the race goes out very aggressively from the jump and Mm -hmm. you're in the middle, but then you kind of float backwards. Yeah. So yeah. So the, um, plan going into the race was like, it was like my favorite, like usually with coach Clark, it's like, um, you know, you have to think about your positioning a lot. You have to be really smart, um, in the race and you have to be really focused. Like even when, even in the parts of the race where like nothing like that exciting is happening yet, like you need to be really focused about like your positioning and like be really smart about where you are. Make sure you're not, um, getting like too caught up in any trouble, all of that. I don't know. There's like a lot of things to think about, but then like he told me going into the final, he's like, all you have to do is just like ride the rail and you know obviously like be smart about pacing so like obviously I don't want to blow up in the race and I don't want to go way faster than my body can handle but I mean really it was just like ride the rail and like see what you can do and so yeah I was really excited about that because like for me that means like you know I'm probably gonna end up running a PR in this race and I'm gonna be able to do it like running actually just 1500 meters and not longer because you know a lot of times you're worrying about like protecting your lane like running on the outside even if you're leading the race or you know you're like on someone's shoulder if you're not leading it yeah so like I was just very excited to be able to go in with that race plan and I was pretty sure that it was going to be a fast race so I don't know I didn't really think too much about what was going to happen if it was slow but I think um yeah do you do you remember splits like 400 Um, 800 400 for me was 66 for the rest of the field, maybe like 65. And then 800 at that point still, you're still kind of in last, right? Yeah. in the 800, I'm like more in last than I was at the 400. (laughs) Like heavy last. 800 heavy last. (laughs) I was heavy last at the 800. Also, it's funny because like in the YouTube video of the race, like Obviously, you don't see me that much because I am in the back of the race, um, especially from, like, pretty early on, and, like, you don't even really get to see my finish so much, but you can, they do, like, this wide angle, like, I think it's, like, at the 800. No, I, I remember the shot okay, the, during yeah. the race. I and I'm, like, like <laughs> she's, she's in the back back. I'm, like, I'm, like, in the back back at, at the 800, and, like, someone had this comment on the YouTube video that was, like, show up to the race, like, in a white tank top and, like, split shorts and, like, get, get smoked or something like that. They didn't see the second half. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't see the second half of my race. I was, like, you know, in the middle. I was in the middle of the race. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so the 800, I was like at 211 and the rest of the field probably like, yeah, the second and a half faster. Which is, two, which two is like a 424 faster. full mile, you know I mean? <laughs> like just, I mean, that's crazy, you know, right. it's, it's super hot. Yeah. It's a good pace. So that's yeah. why I like, so I went through the 400 and I saw 66 and I, I felt good about that because you know I wasn't like that far behind but I was also and like everyone, this is a good pace for me everyone's gonna you, that's gonna go out fast you know right yeah and then and then I went through the 800 and I saw 
211 and I knew I was in the back, but I was like feeling really good and I was like, okay, 211, like I'm happy about that. Did you feel like everyone else was, or some people in the finals were going to come back off of yeah. that? Like, did you feel like maybe yeah. it's time to start, or like, yeah. No, I felt like people were going to come back, but I wasn't yet like, oh, I need to, I wasn't feeling any pressure, like time pressure to like, okay, move up now. I was more like, okay, I feel like people are going to come back and, and I feel like people are going to come back and, um, this is like a good pace for me, but I can like, yeah, I can start picking it up. Um, and yeah, I don't know, just like see what happens with everyone else. But, um, I also, when I'm, when I'm in races, I never realize how much I'm in the back. Um, <laughs> then I like watch it later and I'm like, oh, I was like so far back. As long as you're in this, as long as you're in the, in the range, right? Yeah. As long as you're in the striking range. Yeah. <laughs> Which in exactly. a 1500 yeah. is the full field exactly. of everyone's together. Yeah. And that, that was the same thing for the, um, semis. Like, people were telling me they were proud of me for not giving up, like, after. <laughs> like, they were texting me that, and I was like, oh, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize I was so far behind. I just ran the race, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize I was so far behind, like, the people who could qualify, like, the top seven with, like, at the Bell Lab. Yeah. But I was far behind. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yeah, so, and then, and then I came through at the Bell, Bell Lab at, like, um, three flat, and I was like, yeah, this is good. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to run fast. And I wasn't thinking at that point, like, oh, I have a chance at being with the top three. Because that had probably sailed already. Although they ended up kind of so coming back together. Was, but they were, they were so hot. Right. They were, yeah. I mean, their momentum was, like, going forwards. So, yeah, it didn't really look like I was going to catch them or anything. I also just wasn't thinking about that in, in the race, really. Yeah, and then everyone was coming back right at the bell lap. I think that was when I caught a decent number of people. And then, yeah, with, like, 200 to go, it was, like, the coolest feeling. Like, I could see the top three. Okay, I don't know if I could see Ellie, but I just remember... No, I could, because I remember I was counting people, and I was like, whoa, like, I can tell I'm not, like, <laughs> I'm not feeling so good that I'm going to actually catch these people, like, once I was at 150 to go, but... Yeah, that I was like, wow, like, I can see the people I would need to catch if I wanted to make the Olympics, <laughs> and that's so cool that, like, that I'm, like, in a place where I can even count that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's not, I also, it's, it's crazy to me to hear about how, like, like you thought process with one person to go, and how yeah. it's not just, like, run, right. <laughs> like, go, it's like, oh, this is a very cool experience <laughs> I'm having. I'm, and I'm glad I have those memories, because usually I have total race amnesia, and, like, I cannot tell you, like, about anything <laughs> from my races, but I do kind of remember those thoughts, and then, um, I honestly do think I had my, like, I had put myself in a position with 200 to go to where, like, if somehow I was, like, so in shape, then I, like, still, like, I could have had a really good kick and gotten third like you know I could have done two seconds faster in the last 200 if I were like in shape to do that so it's not like it wasn't out of their own possibilities yeah it wasn't out of their own possibilities it was for like the fitness I was in I'm very confident that like I almost maximized (laughs) what I could do on the day so I'm no regrets at all like I could not have (laughs) yeah it was a five second PR and you were six yeah it's also like a I'm very happy with that I'm very lucky that you know the race played out how it did and like that I was able to do that and yeah very grateful also like for all of coach Clark's advice like he always knows exactly what to tell me I think to like help me execute race as well so I also I'm curious about like because we talked about this a while ago I think when you first came back from the trials but Mm -hmm. you didn't 
you didn't set it up where like you because maybe the thought process with someone being in last and catching a bunch of people going to that last lap is like oh that person probably came into the final not thinking about making the team and was just like mm -hmm. trying to have a good final performance and, and mm -hmm. not really whereas maybe some of the girls who were fading at bell lap had put themselves right there in it but right. you ended up two seconds out of qualifying but did you feel at all like again i think i agree with you that like pretty much maximizing the day there's no regrets with that mm -hmm. but do you feel that at all where like you should have been a couple seconds faster at 800 and just like risked it for that or but no no because you're maximizing no, on the I, data. yeah so um i i don't think i should have been faster i think that um right where i was at like at the 211 like maybe i could have done like one second faster and maybe that would have paid off a tiny bit not even a full second though like yeah yeah i think um maybe i could have run a tiny bit faster if i had paced it differently but i don't think i could have run it much faster mm -hmm. at all like i think that um like I didn't have forwards momentum in the last 150, so I was already, like, kind of almost, you know, I was basically, like, spent, like, um, so maybe even it wouldn't have helped to be even, like, one second faster at the 800, like, that might have, that might have actually, much. yeah, that might have hurt me, so I'm not really sure about that, yeah. But, I mean, also, yeah, it's such fine margins, and the race mm -hmm. overall was so well executed, so. Thank yeah, you. well, <laughs> you know, I mean, objectively, though, it was a, what, I saw on Instagram that it was, like, a number four collegiate all-time mark. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Damn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, we're getting up there in all-time rankings now. <laughs> and it's, uh, I mean, from yeah, 417 crazy. to 404 in, like, two or three months. Now, yeah. the, the original PR, like, there was an indoor race that was probably, I mean. Right, like, I'd like, run maybe 414. And also, I mean, just, if you've been running miles, like, in the fall or in the, in the, indoor mm -hmm. season instead of cross like we could have seen you know it might have yeah, been a yeah. more natural but like you weren't a 417 girl coming into right to outdoor but it's still a, like on paper it, it just looks insane no it does it looks very crazy the progression when you look at it like yeah. on the t-first but yeah so, um, so sit, what's it like after after coming in six like what's what's the feeling like um, what, what, I, it's what, so what's crazy yeah i don't know it's really crazy <laughs> like right afterwards i like I don't know, I was just really happy, and, <laughs> um, it's definitely been, like, kind of a whirlwind after that, I would say, like, um, I think, like, a, like, a lot of people reached out, like, were super nice to me, like, um, I think that's one of the great things about this season, is, like, I, I realize there's so many people rooting for me, and, like, I'm so grateful for that, like, it's, it's such a cool feeling to have a lot of people who are happy for you when you do well. Um, so yeah, like I got a lot of like really nice messages, um, after that race and then, yeah, I mean, like I know that now, like I have a couple more like doors that have opened up to me just because of, um, just because of that performance. And, um, so that's like really cool just to know that if I like do want to run professionally, like, you know, like next year or this year, like that has become like more of an option for me and so I'm I mean I'm very grateful that I had the chance to like extend my season and do Olympic trials and like be with such a fast field um that pulled me to that time and then yeah I would also say like I'm just like super grateful to have been able to like watch everyone else at trials and just like like I got to see um everyone in the 1500 I got to see like Ellie and 
um, Corey and Heather, like, make their first team, and, like, that was just such a cool experience to, like, see that up close. Like, I was a little <laughs> bit, like, you know, I was, like, a little sickly, so... Well, you know, also, you're, you're two seconds out of qualifying for the Olympics, so, I mean, it's, 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 you're making it sound like you're a spectator in the stands. <laughs> I know, I mean, I kind of was a spe- I was a spectator for that, though, like... You're, like, watching... Like, I was just so watching neat. them, I was like, wow, I get to see them, like, from the track. But like, if three of them close. fall down right now, I'm going to the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, like, I mean, that was just such a cool opportunity. Like, I'll never forget being able to see that up close. And, like, you know, they were, like, so happy. And then, like, being able to see a lot of my friends and, like, Stanford people also make the team um, is just super cool. I got to go to the rest of trials um, and watch in the stands. And, yeah, it was just a crazy, it was a crazy week. Um, And it was definitely, like, an incredible season for me in terms of like I don't know it was just like super special and I will not take it for granted because I know there's a lot of there's a lot of times um in the sport where you're like you're not at your best like you don't get to like go into races being confident that you're in the best shape of your life and so that really is like a blessing that I've been able to do that and that coach Clark has been so incredible so smart like it's so cool to have a coach who has, um, you know, he's coached so many Olympians and, um, he, you, like, you just have so much confidence in what you're doing. Um, so, I mean, like, it's, it's really cool to be able to have that and, like, have so much trust in everything. Yeah. <laughs> so after such a breakout season, I guess the question on everyone's mind is, like, what are you going to do next? <laughs> I mean, you have, you have a, you have a fifth year here. Yeah. Um, I guess it's getting pretty late on. It's already July. Um, right. Have you thought about, like, what you want to do in the mm. near future? Yeah, so um, I do have a fifth year. I haven't finished my undergrad yet. <laughs> well, I have, like, one more class. and then well, You're doing I'm, a co-term, right? And I'm doing a co-term, yeah. So, um, like, ideally I would finish my master's degree by, um, by the summer next year. Um, so I do want to come back and... Yeah, I have a full fifth year of eligibility um, because of COVID. So, I mean, I think I'm probably going to come back, but I'm definitely, like, thinking through my different options and trying to make sure that I'm, like, doing whatever is um, smartest for me. I do want to, like, run professionally, like, at some point. But, yeah. yeah. So, I am I I think for right now, I'm probably going back. Well, it depends. It depends. It depends. Depends. Depends on, like, what's being thrown our way. (laughs) No, yeah, but, um, I mean, I guess it's still a little bit vague, still a little bit unclear, but it's nice to know you have options on the table, I guess. Yes, yeah. It's it's gotta be, especially after, like, trials performance, Mm -hmm. because first you get introduced to that world, kind of, like, what it's like to, you know, now you can, yeah, kind of be flexible about what you want. Yeah, no, yeah. And this, All good things. And this NIL stuff. I don't. I don't know how that's right. gonna, that's gonna work, but potentially, there, you, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there know. might be some interesting things with that, but I don't know. We'll see. I don't think anyone knows. I don't think anyone <laughs> knows. I don't think anyone's got a full grasp of it. But yeah, no, it should be good. So I guess I guess we'll find out what happens with all the all the NIL stuff and and everything moving forward. But we're already pushing like close to eighty or ninety minutes here, so you definitely got to get you out of here, go go to dinner, all that stuff. 
thank you for for jumping on the pod with me i really appreciate finally finally getting you on here uh and this is really fun yeah thank you so much i feel so honored that you would invite me oh my god me. No, it is not <laughs> no i mean it's totally not this a big is the deal. biggest achievement of my season that, okay so. that's that's hurtful because of, because of the sarcasm but um no i i appreciate you jumping on uh grant and i both do and yeah thanks everyone for listening so yeah, we'll thank, ca- yeah. thank you so much we'll catch you guys next time we'll